When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to luckylandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on vacation is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, we have to talk about Ilya Sorokin and his incredible run of back-to-back shutouts this weekend. First Islanders goalie to get shutouts on consecutive days. And he came within 30 seconds of a third shutout earlier in the week against Chicago. And uh, after a couple of rickety starts earlier in the season, he is now the main man and has shown his true prowess. In these last couple of games. so And it's the third star of the week for the NHL. How about that? Yeah. Um, I, I I guess his performances were just so good that I had no choice but to, to join from, from New Hampshire. I'm, I'm that big a loser. And then I had to, <laughs> that I had to hop on and talk about an Islander goalie uh, while on vacation. But uh, <laughs> I mean, the performances merit, merit it, uh, right? Like he, yeah. the, the past two nights were just like sensational. I, it, there are superlatives to use, like uh, people always overuse amazing or wonderful or whatever. Like he deserves some some of the bigger ones, like stupendous or marvelous or whatever, because yeah. he's he's much more um, like he, he he's because of because of how like unassuming he is. He he like deserves that those kind of big accolades almost. Uh, he's he is his post game pressers also are must watch <laughs> at this point too. Him and Beauvillier uh, was very funny. <laughs> yeah, it's been so great, and and like you said, he was you know, rickety to start. Uh, it's a good way to put it. He, he was making the saves, you know, the, the 10 bell saves, but was the kind of secondary aspects of goaltending weren't really up to snuff yet. Um, but then all of a sudden 
that Chicago game. He uh, kind of morphed into a world beater and hasn't really stopped. He was really good in Columbus too. I mean, they yes the the team kind of let him down uh, it, with a couple breakdowns and the end of the second period. But uh, yeah, he's he's been spectacular and he is as easy a player to root for as the Islanders have had in. I don't know. Like he's mm. he's just so so easy to root for, and I feel like he's becoming the type of player uh, that other people are kind of getting behind outside the fan base. Like he's probably a lot of people's favorite like Islanders right now. Uh, maybe some he's like kind of like a hipster pick or something. But <laughs> uh, yeah, he's I can't say enough about him right now. Yeah. Uh, so his game in Chicago was very good. Again, he came about thirty seconds from getting the shutout. Barry Trotz said we wanted to get in the shutout, but they gave up a goal to God, I can't even remember now. It doesn't really matter. Um, then they go into Columbus and they lose three, two in O two in OT. Uh, but they played really well. In fact, they dominated the second period of that game uh, until they gave up two goals in 30 seconds. And as our friend Keith Quinn said on Twitter, after the blue jackets tied the game, with the first goal, there wasn't enough give a shit in the next shift to prevent them from scoring again. <laughs> and of course, who scored? Cole Sillinger, son of Mike Sillinger, of course, Islanders legend. Um, Matt Barzell tied the game. And uh, the c- potent offensive combination of Matt Barzell with Andy Green and Matt Martin in front of the slot cannot be denied. Uh, and that was a pretty spectacular goal right there. <laughs> and <laughs> Sorokin got beat in overtime by Patrick Laine. That's just what he does then. But he made 29 saves. And I mean, like, he didn't lose. That wasn't his fault they lost that game going into Arizona Saturday night. And I mean, if you think this is bad, calling in from New Hampshire to talk about Il Sorokin, I was in North Carolina in a cabin. My niece got married in a campsite and we'd all retire to our cabins and i was in a bunk watching the islanders coyotes game on my phone uh over, <laughs> over the cellular network because there was no wi-fi and that game was boring as hell and watching it on your phone is not optimal but the score made it worth it and uh they won three nothing it's a terribly boring game cal clutterbuck had a cool snipe um bailey's shot bounced off of nelson skate made it two nothing uh, Carol Vermelka of, out of the Czech Republic was the goalie for the Coyotes. I never heard of him before. It's his first time in uh, North America. And I guess, you know, he and Sorokin have that in common, but one guy just was all over it and the other guy wasn't. Um, after Kyle Palmieri's goal got called back, Anthony Bovier scored a beautiful goal off a feed from Nelson and Sorokin made 26 aids. And afterwards, you know, they asked Barry Trotz like, have you made you obviously you have made any decisions, but like did, what did you see in the game that might think you might have you thinking of starting Ilya again? And he seemed to indicate that he didn't think the 26 saves was that much work. Sounds like a lot of a lot of work to me, but there he was in Vegas the next night, and you would not be wrong in thinking like, hmm, I don't know if I like this, but he was even better. Uh in fact, he made 40, 42 saves. Almost, you know, twice as much better. Like, that doesn't really make much sense. But uh, he was fantastic. And it was all Vegas, particularly in the second period. And Sorokin was all over it. And the Vegas, my friends in Vegas were tweeting about him. He was just, he was spectacular. And the Islanders were 
pretty good in the third, you know, their best period by far. They looked more or less like themselves um, after a couple of slow, you know, the opening period was kind of even bad at the beginning, then better. Second period was all Vegas. Third period was much better. And uh, th- he made 16 saves in that period right up until the end and ended up with 42 for the game and uh, was just spectacular. So I don't know what else to say about this guy. Looks like Simeon Varlamov is coming back on this week. Corey Schneider was put on waivers. They have one game in the next 10 days. That is Saturday afternoon in Nashville. I will be missing it because I'll be seeing Dune. So I'll just have to talk about that <laughs> next week. But, um, you know, I, I, if I'm Barry Trotz, I don't know if I take Sorokin out yet. You know, I mean, he's been that good. Uh, why why wouldn't you start him again after coming off of back-to-back shutouts and nearly three and just so calm? Uh, you know, he's just swallowed up everything and it just nothing was getting past him. And it, you know, had to make the rest of the team feel much better knowing that this guy was on top of his game in a way he wasn't in the first two games. Uh, it was pretty spectacular to watch. <laughs> if it wasn't so late in the night and made I was bleary-eyed, uh, it was really something else to watch, you know? So many times when goalies put on performances like that, they, they make some saves where they end up in like the right circle or by right. the face-off dots or below the below the goal line. But he's so good in the blue paint. Like that's mm. where he does – I mean, he's, it sounds funny because he's a goalie. But so much, so so much of what he's doing is happening like deep in the crease on on the goal line, making these crazy reactionary saves. Um, but he always ends up kind of in the right position. And you're like, how on earth, after like a three on one where the puck bounced off someone's skate, ended up on you know Jonathan Jonathan Marshall's stick, did he end up in <laughs> such a perfect square position after the fact, like after the dust had settled and? Um, yeah, there's just really not much else to say. I, I mean, I, we joked about it last season, and um, he's very much like a, a. There's something like about him. It's it feels very like orchestra. Like he's like part of an orchestra. He's like a maestro musician or something. Mm. First chair of like the Moscow Philharmonic or something. Uh, because he, it's what he's doing. He's like he's in such a elite company of his skill set like i i mean can is he the best goaltender in the world no but like he's <laughs> he's he's like he's you can see parts of uh you're like wow like he has so many of the tools needed to get to that level um is he he's not obviously yeah he's not there yet but like you you, you see it and you're like it's not out of the realm of possibility that he gets there because he's such a freak he, and he's such a quiet freak like he's mm. That's that's like it's like one of those things where you're like, dude, you just he he if you saw this guy in walking down the street, uh, in you know Garden City or whatever, he would just look like a skinny nerd, uh, you know, with a cup of coffee or whatever, and underneath that kind of stoic facade is a stone cold killer of a goaltender. Like even <laughs> when he has his, even when he's wearing his pads and stuff, he's it it looks like everything's a little bit too big. He looks like a uh, a, a kid who's playing like a couple years up in uh in a sp- particular sport and they're like ah i don't know what, what to tell you kid like i'm oh, never not surprised at how skinny he is yes when you see him talking after the game exactly and after watching him do this thing i'm like how did that guy do all that <laughs> it's so weird and then when he, even when he takes his mask off to like get right. a sip of water just like that's the guy who just made yeah. that save 
<laughs> that's what yeah. I, uh, it's, and that's what, that's part of his charm. It's, it really is. Uh, and he, he really seems, uh, I liked how he said he's like, uh, I can't remember what the question exactly was, but it was basically about, you know, last in his first full season, first, first of all, he, he comes over and he spends the entire uh, first taste of North American hockey in the bubble. So that's weird. And then the second time that he only sees the same seven teams over and over and over again. <laughs> uh, so someone asked about like seeing new teams and he's like, yeah, like it's pretty crazy seeing these new cities. This is the first time I've been to them. Mm. I was like, yeah, that's true. Like <laughs> he's, he's, he just flies into Glendale and yeah. Hey man, like this is the desert <laughs> a little well, different the- from a little different from not only Russia, but what you saw Right. In uh, it last year, where you're playing basically teams in the Northeast, so yeah. uh, the book's not out on them yet. That's the whole thing. The <laughs> but that's the other out. thing too is, what is the book on him? I used to think it was like the high glove because early mm. in his career, it looked like you know teams were kind of picking on him on, off the rush, uh, you know, seeing some room over his his like glove, and that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. He's been fl- he's been snapping the glove on some saves like windmill Marty Brodeur style, Ricky mm. DiPietro style, except when Ricky would do it, that would be like, Rick, the, the puck went in. Like you, mm. what, what are you fleshing your glove at? Um, but he, with, with Sorokin, like he's starting to pick up some of that moxie and stuff. And yeah, I mean, he, it, yeah, like I said, not the best goalie in the world yet, but uh, he's someone definitely that you, you wouldn't mind like throwing a flyer on to be, to be that goalie uh, at some point, because, uh, he's he, he certainly has so much of what you need to to be a franchise goalie. What a high ceiling he has! It's it's possible we're only scratching the surface. Yeah, I, and the Vegas game was more of a showcase. Like there were some highlight, real goals, real saves. Excuse me, in that game alone. I mean, there was a leg flash in the second period. Um, the Knights are without Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty. Um, not Kelly Yonkrock, who I said last time, but uh, Matthias Yamark. Uh, he's the guy who they're out. Like, basically all the guys that scored half their goals last year. But they still have a lot of guys. I thought Keegan Kolasar was on the ice for the entire game. He was never not on the ice. He was never not in somebody's face. Petrangelo was firing away from the point. They had guys like Carlson and Riley Smith, I think, was still in there. And uh, I don't care how many blanks they were shooting – they were still all over the place and he made some saves that were absolutely insane. And you kept thinking, come on. I mean, he's great, but they're going to get one at some point. Right. I mean, these there's, they're too fast. They're they're going to do something, some bounce off of somebody stupid. Um, but it never materialized. And he just was all over every single one of their shots. And it was really remarkable. The coyotes game. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I wouldn't have gotten a shutout obviously, but you know, that's one of the most offensively deficient teams in the league. Although if you were afraid of Andrew Ladd getting a goal in that game, I was right there with you. <laughs> miracle miracle <laughs> that he didn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a kind of a miracle he didn't. And I don't think Sorokin even knew he was there or even cared, you know, it's just part of the, the whole thing. So that, that game against Vegas, I don't think will be forgotten for a very, very long time. And the fact that the guy, on the other end was the last Islander goalie to start back-to-back games in consecutive days and sort of was the Islanders phenom, you know, three, four years ago, gave it this sort of, you know, poetic, whatever, significance. Uh, and I don't know if they obviously never met, but I'm sure Leonard heard about this guy 
knew that this guy was in the system and is now getting a look at him. And I would be curious to hear what he thought about <laughs> Sorokin's performance. Not that, not that Leonard was bad at all. He was very, very good, but uh, Sorokin was just two saves better. And there you go. Yeah. And, and it was cool that it was also the only game going on at the time too. Yes. So if you wanted to watch hockey that night on ESPN plus or whatever, out of market, <laughs> you saw something uh, pretty cool from, from Sorokin. Uh, and yeah. And I think Leonard probably is the type of guy that I remember there was a story uh, about DPH and Marty Brodeur once with Brodeur pitched a shutout and beat the Islanders, maybe one, nothing or two, nothing. And, DPH like flipped the puck at him and Howie Rose made like a really big deal. He's like, what a sign of respect from Rick. He like, he totally gets it. Like he's given Marty Bordeaux the puck to show him like you out battled me today. And I I think Howie completely made it all up, but like, that's the type of thing that I think. Sounds like he was being very generous. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. I think, I think Leonard probably in the same kind of realm would be like, you know, like just, he's like a tip your cap kind of guy, uh, especially with the Islanders. So, yeah. Uh, So yeah, interesting game. An unbelievable performance by Sorokin, and uh, we'll see what happens next week in Nashville. I'm not confident. Weekend matinee, only game in 10 days. I'm kind of glad I'm going to see a movie, uh, and maybe I'll just (laughs) find out what happens when it's all over. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, come back, and we're going to talk about a guy whose performance is not quite up to the same standards that Sorokin has set, Uh, and then a guy who has been around very very long time more more much longer than Sorkin has so give us a minute and then come back lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Our favorite sponsor is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Uh, they've got the Albany Choppers. They've got the New England Whalers. They've got the New York Golden Blades. If you're looking for it, I guarantee you that VintageIceHockey.com has got it. They also have our Al Arbor T-shirts and our portion of the sales of those go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. You could also use the code Lighthouse15 to save yourself 15%. So go to VintageIceHockey.com today. So we talked about Sorokin. He's been great. One guy who's generously speaking not been great in the early going so far is a bit of a surprise. Sedano Chara. Um, it's understandable that a new guy coming in would have time to learn the system, get up to speed with you know, what the team is doing, what the coaching staff is doing, what their language is. Barry Trotz always says not much changes from team to team, but the language and the terminology they use does change. So it takes a while to kind of get used to things. As Arthur Staple noted today, it took JG Pajot 
Palmieri, Zajac guys like that, a little time to get things going. Even Robin Leonard, you know, took him a month and a half before he was really, really very good and comfortable. So maybe it's just a time thing for Zdeno Chara. But right now, he is not helping the Islanders on the ice. He's given the puck away. He's getting knocked down, which is not something I think we've seen from Zdeno Chara in a very, very long time. Uh, he's getting beat kind of one-on-one. He's losing battles in the corners. It's not been good. Um, it's kind of worse when you look at Zach Parisi, who's been fantastic. No points yet, but he's fit like a glove on a line with Pajot and Wallstrom or sometimes uh, Barzell and Wallstrom. But Char is struggling, and it's a shame. A, because he's so great, and the story of him coming back was so great. We talked about it. And we were so in love with this story, <laughs> this guy coming back. And so that's disappointing, but it's also disappointing because he's getting a lot of minutes. And in fact, in the third period of the game against Vegas, he didn't play that much. He only played like one shift in the beginning, kind of sat for a while, came back towards the end. It was actually on the ice when the game was closed out. But if he can't take a regular shift without turning the puck over or giving up chances, the Islanders are going to need to figure something out to do. And if Sebastian Ajo is not that guy, if Thomas Hickey's not that guy, if one of the guys in Bridgeport's not that guy, there might have to be some kind of changes afoot. Uh, I don't know. It's It's been hard to watch, to be quite blunt. And I'm not saying that, like, he's the root cause of all of their problems. And, I mean, they are 3-2-1, and one, so they've done pretty well for themselves so far, all on the road, obviously. But, boy, this is not what I think – we signed up for <laughs> when the Zidane Char's story came back to the island. Yeah, I'm, I'm more concerned like about the existential issue <laughs> with Chara than the on more than the giveaways and yeah, the- because so, you know what, like that stuff. It's not my job to fix it, mm. right? Like it's not your job to fix it. We're not the coach. Um, we're not the GM. Uh, complaining about it on Twitter won't really get anything done, uh, but. What I can't complain about is how excited I was about it happening. <laughs> you know, the, the this amazing story, especially with, you know, the parallel story of Parisi and whatever, and just how great it felt when, when he, he decided to come back and that, you know, the, the deflating feeling of father time hmm. vanquish, maybe vanquishing the one guy who I thought maybe was unvanquishable by, <laughs> by anybody. And, right. Um, but and that's that's you know that's 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 up to us to deal with right like we're 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 trying to figure out look like let's if 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 it doesn't get better how do you how do you like kind of hmm. uh, deal with with that deflating feeling as a fan right. and whatever and it would suck it would just really suck and so so for me like i'm just rooting for him like i'm rooting for and i said this on the last show like it's going to take time for everybody to adjust to a 6 foot 9 44-year-old Slovakian dude skating <laughs> on the ice next to you, right? You, like Noah Dobson's never played with the six-foot-nine Slovakian dude who's 44 <laughs> years old before in his life. Neither has anybody else on the team. So it's just going to take some time no matter what. I uh, didn't expect it to look this ugly, but um, <laughs> you, you hope that – and the 3-2-1 and one start, by the way, no mean feat. Like that is a big deal. Seriously. Like it's it's it, – People are talk about like you know the Panthers start, the Sabres start, the Hurricanes start. Um, 
because they look great with a bunch of zeros in the loss columns. But the three, two, and one start for the Islanders, considering the losses, the fact that uh, you could see this thing going pear shaped for a team dealing with expectations. They still haven't played a great game. Like this is a, a really good start for this team, and um, the fact that they've been able to do it uh, with uh, one of their defensemen who played, like you said, played twenty minutes uh, the other night is is really impressive, and, and kind of gives me like maybe I'm just you know being naive, but and I probably am, but I'm rooting for him, so I I, I want to be naive. I'm choosing to be naive and think you know maybe it's just gonna maybe it will work out. Like this guy is one of the best defensemen of all time, so. Mm. Maybe he has it in his locker to figure it out. Like this is a, as, as Staples said in his his article, like it does take some time to kind of figure out uh, this this kind of system and, and the way these players play and like playing with Josh Bailey is this. I don't know how to play with Josh Bailey. I still haven't figured it out. Like I wouldn't be like I couldn't tell you the perfect running mate for this guy because I don't know. I never. He's he's thinking at the same time. He's thinking way too much and and not thinking at all. I, I don't know which one he's doing. Um, so like, it's, it's going to take some time for anyone to assimilate in this kind of team with the way that the team is so tight knit, especially with the core kind of just staying, sticking together for so long. Um, so I'm choosing for right now, cause the Islanders are three, two and one and not oh four and one, uh, <laughs> to just hope for the best, which, you know, is, is everybody's right as a fan, as, as it's anybody's right to be like, wave this guy, cut the cord experiment over um but you know I'm, i might be in the minority but like i'm just kind of hoping for the best that you know it works out and um you know it, and i think one thing to remember is andy green who started the season just as bad just as bad yes. as kind of predicament just sorted it out he like just sorted it out he's he got back to what he's supposed to do and hopefully at some point it just maybe just takes a little bit longer for big z uh <laughs> i just refused i refused to give up for him yeah him. I'm trying to stay a little bit more positive this year. I feel like they've earned it over the last couple of seasons. And, you know, I'm not ready to kind of like wave Chara. You know, I don't think, I also, I also don't think that's going to happen. But I do wonder, because I mean, this guy, the thing about Chara to me isn't even the size or the skill set, it's how intelligent he is. You, you watch this guy talk, he's just so smart and he he just thinks the game at a level that I don't know how many other people think of it like that way. It's like what it's Ichiro level, you know, like he's visualizing the sport in a way that nobody else has, or very few people have. So he knows when he's giving the puck away. (laughs) He knows when a guy is beating him wide. Uh, He knows when he's lost a battle in the corner. So I wonder what he's thinking in this situation. And if he's like, Oh my God, I got to really get this over and figure this out. Or if he's just like, well, it's just going to take time. And I hope my goalie bails me out and I hope my partner bails me out and we'll figure it out eventually. For his part, Barry Trotz is like, this guy's 44 years old playing in the NHL. I, I couldn't do that. It's literally, he said, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Do, nobody's done this before. Or very few people have done this before. But I do think that, and again, the third period in Vegas is kind of an indication. You know, Barry's not stupid either. He knows when turnovers are happening and he knows when he's not getting what he needs from his defense. So I do think there's a leash there. And I think at some point they'll get to a level where he's either going to get it and play or not get it and not play. And that's what I'm kind of waiting for. I, you know, 
I, I don't think Barry would just leave him in there for 82 games. And I don't think the point was ever to play him for 82 games. So well, they'll get to that point eventually. I don't think it'll be Saturday in Nashville. I don't think it'll be the next game after that in Montreal. But I, I would assume that like probably shortly after they finally get home and play a few games at UBS, you know, when a, maybe a fifth or a quarter of the season is done, that they're going to seriously re- reevaluate what's Big Z has been bringing to the table <laughs> and determine where to go from there. Yeah, and one, I mean, one other thing too is like this. Yeah, like this break comes at a great time for a couple of different reasons. Yes. One, you get uh, Barlama back, and two, you, you you get some more time for Chara to whether it's a uh, you know an internal thing where he's got to figure out uh, what his role, what he wants the role to be, and same thing, and for the or is an ex- external thing where the coaches want to figure it, like talk to him. They're they're going to work on it. They got ten days to work on it. This is a professional team, and as much as we think that. Uh, on hockey Twitter that these uh, organizations don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they do like they're, they're not just, they're going, you, if, if Zidane Ochara gets beat uh, on whenever they're playing Nashville on a, on like a two on one or something, it's not going to be because they didn't practice over the week or they didn't work on things. <laughs> they did. They just, it's just the execution thing. And I think that's pretty obvious too. Like this is, is, is like a systemic thing for him adjusting, but it's also an execution thing, which right. makes me think that, um, you know, that's, that's why it's interesting. Like, like it could go one of two ways where it's like, Oh, you know, are, am I past it that I can't execute? Or is it just that I I'm in the right, I'm focused so hard on being in the right spot and figuring out like where I'm supposed to be, where the breakout's supposed to be, who I'm supposed to cover on an on man rush, whatever, <laughs> that I'm focusing so much on learning these kind of new languages, uh, so to speak, that I'm not thinking about being ready to execute when yeah. whatever happens needs whatever uh, I need to do when whatever happens happens. So yeah, I mean it's an interesting thing to watch. Um, he's like, look, you can't sugarcoat that he's not been great, but uh, it's he's the team's still three two and one with him out there. And like uh, like we said preseason, it's 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 something to, to kind of just marvel at, <laughs> just in general, like that he's playing for this team again. And right. uh, whether it, it works out or doesn't, it's 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 gonna be a Quite a ride, uh, or and it already has been, and and, and it's still not lost to me. It's, it took me so long, my eyes to like kind of adjust um, to, to to like seeing someone that big on the ice playing for the Islanders. Like, because when he when you play against him, you're just like, God, like how how are we going to get past this guy? How are we? You really <laughs> focus on just like the kind of uh, sideshow nature of it all. But yeah. when it's on your team, you kind of have more time to to appreciate that part of it. Uh, and yeah, he. Uh, Whatever, like, yeah, I, I, hmm. I just am rooting for him and, and uh, hope hope it works out and hope these this like ten day break or whatever the one game in ten days what a f- schedule this team is on <laughs> like it's just unbelievable uh, yeah. is uh, is a really big blessing for the big guy yeah I think so too get get some rest and whatever uh, I just noticed the other night I mean he's been playing like this for years forget about the Islanders I just realized he's playing without a visor like. Because he's so old, <laughs> he's playing without the visor. So the Islanders, I guess, lead the league in guys without visors. Because Matt Martin doesn't have one either. So, <laughs> how many other guys in the league aren't playing with visors now? Anyway, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so last thing, another miraculous uh, event took place in uh, Arizona. Josh Bailey uh, with his, I guess, pass or shot ricochet off of Nelson 
made him the 10th leading scorer in Islanders history. And if you're sitting and listening to this, wherever you are, I want you to try and close your eyes and, and think about this, that Josh Bailey is now the 10th leading scorer in Islanders history. He passed Bob Nystrom of all people, Mr. Islander himself to get into that spot. You know, when I think of this, this guy was drafted in 2008. I am 45 years old. It is 2021. I still remember 2008 very clearly. A couple of very important things happened in 2008. Iron Man was released uh, from Marvel Studios, changed the movie making industry as we know it. The Islanders drafted Josh Bailey ninth overall in Ottawa that year. It's a changed NHL history as we know it. Changed NHL history as we know it. It, it, And actually, it really did immediately because as a 19-year-old kid, Josh Bailey played on one of the worst teams ever iced in the National Hockey League. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly one of the worst teams this franchise has ever had. Led directly to John Tavares being drafted first overall. He played the entire Tavares era. Sometimes it was on his own line. They went to an all-star game together. <laughs> he watched him leave. And then he watched his team go to two straight Eastern Conference semifinals or whatever you want to call it. Uh, that is unbelievable. All the while being criticized for everything he did and also didn't do. And he somehow has managed to pile up over 500 points in 900 and something games. He's going to pass a thousand games probably this season or early next season. That is extraordinary. (laughs) It's just the whole talk about existentialist thinking. I mean, you just sit back and you think, and you're like, how did this happen? My God, congratulations. I mean, I'm not saying that in a bad way, but my God, like 2008 was not that long ago. (laughs) It's just like, how how did we let this happen? There's just so much with him coming back. It's like, it's going to be, we always say like, oh, we need a whole podcast episode right. devoted to something like, like whatever. Um, for Bailey, it's going to be, you know, a couple seasons worth, mm. like a six part special or something. Because I mean, I was at his draft party in 2008 wow. uh, when the Islanders kept trading back. Yes. And not drafting the human eraser, <laughs> as uh, Pierre Maguire called them, Luke Shen, and uh, then like <laughs> p- passing on like Colin Wilson or something, and just like people that everybody in the crowd wanted. And then when the they Nikita Filatov. Nikita Filatov, right? <laughs> and then when, when they settled on Bailey, uh, the crowd kind of booed him. And it was just, you, you didn't know it then, obviously, but this was, mm. it was like a perfect kind of representation yeah. of what his career was going to be. People just getting mad at Josh Bailey and not knowing why. And him not caring. Another great thing about Josh Bailey, not on Twitter, not on Instagram. You know, he's just this been this kind of just mainstay of the team. Everybody uh, who's who's been watching the Islanders for since he's been here knows everything about his on ice tendencies. But he's been so quiet off. Basically, maybe he's done a couple MSG like summer specials or something, <laughs> and that's about it. Uh, he did the I, chains I, video. That was James, it. Yeah. <laughs> but we, you could really appreciate it. And that's why it's, he's, it's just, it, it kind of adds to his, uh, you know, ethos and his, his aura uh, in the, in the franchise's all timers. Like you think my friend Eric sent, sent a screenshot of the Islanders all time game played list. And it's, you know, dynasty player, dynasty player, Josh Bailey, dynasty player, <laughs> dynasty player, dynasty player, dynasty player, Pat Flatley, like dynasty player. <laughs> uh, and I, 
he's just like, I can't wait for to see Josh's name on all these lists. And I can't either. And I also think it's going to be funny. And I don't know, is, is this the 50th year or something? Is yes. there, whenever, whenever the 60th, sorry, 60th. Technically season. next year, I guess is the 50th season. Gotcha. Cause it's 72, you know, so. Being, right. So if it's, if when they, when they honor, you know, the franchise's all time greats and that's 50 years, like, you're going to see Dennis Potvin and Brian Trottier, and then next to them is going to be Josh Bailey. And they're going to be like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> you know? and, then, right. and, and, and we're all going to say, that's Josh Bailey. He's a legend, just like you guys. Yeah. Just like you guys. And, this guy, uh, young enough to be one of their sons. Yeah. You know? yeah. And he's, and you know, it was one of the, my favorite parts of kind of this whole journey with this core and Detroit Islanders has been when, and, and when I say favorite, I mean, this is, it's not because it came at a terrible time, but it, <laughs> It uh, it stuck with me, and it's something that like I'll always remember. Was when the after the Islanders lost the Lightning, and Matt Barzell singled out Andy Green and Josh Bailey. Is like, mm. look, I still got time, but guys, like you know, we're trying to win for guys like Green and Bailey. And I was just like, I'm just happy Matt Barzell knows who Josh Bailey is at this point, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And, um, yeah. and and the great thing about Green is he's he's got this reputation. Every anytime he's his his name is said by a national broadcaster, an out of town broadcaster, sometimes even by the the home broadcasters, it's grizzled veteran Andy Green. Mm. You know, this guy's been around forever. He's played like sixty more games than Josh Bailey. <laughs> it's like because the, it's Bailey the, still looks like a kid. Yeah. He doesn't look that old, really. Um and you know, we've watched him get married, have kids. <laughs> you know, his kids like not only did he have kids while he was here, but now his wife is putting out videos of Matt Martin dressed like a dinosaur while Josh Bailey's kids watch him outside Halloween. It's just crazy. And he, yet he still looks like physically like that 20 year old kid that, you know, was playing on one of the worst teams ever. So yeah, it's, uh, it's unbelievable that he's up there with those guys. And both, both the goals against Vegas came from Josh Bailey holding the zone. Yes. uh, And, you know, getting the puck to the, in the first period down um, low to God, I don't even remember who scored, but then the second one was Barzell. And um, it's, it's just funny. Cause he's like, he does it, everyone he plays with always talks about like, he's, he's in the right spot at the right time. He's, he's such an incredibly intelligent and cerebral player. Um, but you, you, you just watch, you watch that manifest so often uh, as a fan, like even last night, I think there was a two on one with him and Barzell. And Barzell actually made the extra pass to Bailey. Barzell should have shot it. I think this was in the second period. Um, and Bailey, instead of shooting, just like trying to one-time it, tried to make the extra, extra pass back to Barzell because <laughs> he's, a, he's a, a left-handed shot and it was like kind of in like an awkward spot. But instead of you know just like getting it on net and hoping for a rebound, Bailey was like thought way too hard about it. And mm. you're like, this is, this is who he is. You just – you take the good with the bad with him and yeah. it's so much more good. And and that's the important, I really hope that at the end of the day, he kind of realizes it too. Like this fan base, whatever, like he, he wasn't treated fairly for a long time. And then it kind of became um, like almost like a irony thing. And you know, this, he's got this, he, how many players in the NHL have a song sung about them? Right. Yeah, one. exactly. I can think of one. Yeah. <laughs> I can honestly I, just think of one. I, I think more than any Islander, he'll be the guy like 20 years from now, people, you know, talk about a lot more glowingly, like history will be very kind to him. Mm-hmm. I remember Derek King getting a similar, you know, kind of reaction 
when I was growing up. He never did enough. He was good, but he could have been a lot better. He was kind of the stand-in for all of the uh, the, the losses and the post-dynasty madness. Uh, and now if you talk to people about it, they're like, yeah, Derek King, he was a pretty good player. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he was a pretty good player. Why did we boo him for 12 years back? Then? I don't know. We just did, you know? So, um, so I think that'll be Josh Bailey. <laughs> yeah, it's going to, it's, it's great. And I have friends who, one of my friends at work is uh, n- never watched hockey. He, he's, he's a Sharks fan because he lives in San Francisco. He loves Josh Bailey. Just love him. <laughs> um, and he doesn't know why he just mm. like this is my guy like i like josh bailey. is he uh is he mark shifley who we know loves <laughs> josh bailey? yeah 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 it's, it's it's see like he's part of the same the same camp as yeah. mark shifley he, he sees he sees what mark shifley sees in josh bailey and mark shifley sees what we see in josh bailey and uh that is that this guy is uh an islander legend he's part gonna hopefully like if he doesn't become a one jersey guy like mm. Man, it's gonna oh, be yeah. it's gonna be that crushing. And, and the only the only reason I would I would allow him not to be is if like this, the Islanders start struggling or whatever in a few years, and uh, they, they give him like the you know Patrick Marlowe or Jerome McGinley treatment. They're like, look, hmm. go play, go play for uh, Arizona and win a cup, <laughs> try to win a cup for them, and yeah. and, and then we'll sign a one day contract, like you know Zajac kind of style. Yeah, um, but I, that's the I, only I way. That. But because he's him him being the one Jersey guy coming out of that that group. Uh, instead of Tavares and you know even like guys like Oposo, like Franz Nielsen, would just he would have been probably the last person I bet because we've been trying to trade him forever. Yes, this fan base, and uh, <laughs> so it's it's really it's just one of those fun things about sports and and the Islanders that you just you look. If I told myself in 2010, you know, while while I'm probably screaming at a TV while he makes a bad pass on a five on three to James Wisniewski instead of trying to just shoot the puck. Uh, I'll be like, no, look, you're mad at him right now, but hmm. in 11 years from now, you're going to love this guy and you're going to be talking <laughs> about him on a podcast while you're yeah. in New Hampshire. Uh, I'm going to include a video from our friend Sab, who has one of the great Islanders YouTube pages. Uh, he has videos uh, documenting all of the 2009, 2008 goals and highlights for every game. And so he has Bailey's first goal was a pass to Kyle Oh, excuse me, his first point was a pass to Kyle Poso in the slot on the power play in a 3-1 win over Ottawa. And those guys you just mentioned, Oposo, Nielsen, Bailey, they're all there like hugging and stuff, all young. And, and Oposo is the guy who like gets the puck, brings it over to the trainer. This is Bale's first point, taps him on the back. And um, the fact that those, all three of those guys aren't one Jersey guys is still a little bit sad. Yeah, <laughs> to me, you know, but. yeah it is. But, it's going to be funny when, when they'll come back for his banner raising ceremony. Yes. Oh it's yeah. Be, you know, the only, you know, I, I was joking on Twitter that Mike Sillinger was probably rooting for the Islanders uh, over <laughs> the, the blue jackets. Cause he loves the Islanders so much. Cause, and uh, I remember his 1000th game ceremony mm-hmm. very well. Cause the game after the game that was played after was the one where uh, the lightning thing was Philip Kuba or maybe Pablo Kubina flipped a puck in around the, the glass DPH went out to go play it and just tried to whack it out of midair and smacked Andy Hilbert in the face. <laughs> but in, the, in, in, in doing that, connected with the puck and started a breakout uh, that I think Bill Guerin scored on. So it was like it was just the most absurd kind of sequence of plays. And that's that's why I remember Mike Sillinger's thousandth game. And I'll remember Josh Bailey's for a very different reason because it actually is it's going to be 
you know, the, the roof is going to cave in and the Islanders are going to, that's what's going to, you know, ruin UBS arena. The Jazz <laughs> Josh Bailey's Bailey's the, game, the, the roof gets blown off. Yeah. Um, three of the guys you just mentioned, by the way, are also in that Ottawa game. Garen, <laughs> who scored the goal to ice it. Hilbert, who was in front of the net for something. And Philip Kuba, who was an Ottawa center at the time wow. and scored the first goal of the game. So very underrated name to say in hockey, Philip Kuba. It's a lot of fun. Anyway. Uh, okay. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, Mike's got to get back to his vacation. <laughs> Maybe we'll do something else fun later this week, but we had to talk about Ilya. We had to talk about Chara and we had to talk about Bailey. So I'm glad we were able to do this. Where can everybody find you on Twitter? The big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the big Lebowski. Read his work at the action network. Listen to are you on any podcast this week or just this one. <laughs> Uh, we'll, uh, we have our soccer podcast. It's still oh, okay. Wonder Goal. If you leave a review, you get automatically entered. Yes, into yes, the Wonder Goal. Yes, Wonder Goal. Leave you win yourself some uh, a jersey or some swag. Uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day if you must up to date Islanders news and discussion. Good on Jenny and Steve for writing those late night recaps this weekend. Hope you guys didn't lose too much sleep. You're, they're young; they, they can they can afford to lose it. I can't afford to lose it. Dom and I are too old for that kind of stuff. Um, and, but we really appreciate it. And we'll be back uh, soon enough to talk about the one game this week, I guess. <laughs> we'll figure something out. <laughs> Schedule makes no sense at all. Uh, but uh, yeah, so this has been fun. And uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Go for a ride.